Good morning, everyone. All right. In case you didn't get my name earlier on, my name's Seku, and uh, I'll be the one. Uh, I'm going to continue the mess. I'm going to continue the series that Christian started last week. And um, last week we started a series called Devoted, and Christian started off in Matthew chapter five, and uh, he went on to talk a little bit about. Not a little bit. He went on to talk about the Beatitudes. And I'm going to carry on from, uh, from there. So after the Beatitudes, in Matthew chapter 5, we see Jesus go on to do a lot of teachings. He went on to teach about salt and light. He went on to teach about the law. He went on to teach about anger, adultery, divorce, uh, vows, revenge, and to love your enemy. But right at the end of that, Jesus said something which I believe people at that time were like, wait a minute. Jesus goes on to say this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. He says, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. What would you do if let's say Jesus was in this room and he says to us and says, you're to be perfect, what would go through our minds? Panic. <laughs> Panic. Mm? I can just imagine at that time people thinking, wait a minute, we've gone through all these teachings where you're telling us to love our enemies and we're struggling already to love our enemies. You know, you're t- teaching about all these radical things and at the end of it, you're telling us, wait a minute, you've got to be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. People might have been thinking, wait a minute, now, you're asking us to do something that's impossible. You're asking us really to do something that in our own nature, we cannot do anything like that. Because everything that he taught there was actually serious. Things that we go through in life, things that we struggle with in life, and then he tops it up with, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. To us, it's something that we can look at and say, actually, it's impossible to do that. Because yeah. we go through a lot of things in life, and one of the things we do is fall short of being perfect. We can try to be good people. We can try to be morally good. We can try our best to do everything that we can, really, to do good. But now and again, we fall short. Imagine trying to be perfect. Because you know? we've got, no matter how good our intentions are, We've got a sinful nature in us that sometimes will kind of just, you know, get in the way, and all of a sudden our quest for perfection is ruined. And that's what happens in our lives. But to get a little bit more clarity, we have to remember one thing. You know, God created life, He defines life. So we have to go to God and actually find out what was Jesus talking about in that time. Because for Jesus to say, you know what, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, that means there's a way to, you know, this, it makes sense in a way. There's something that can be done for us to get to where Jesus is talking about. Because you know? it's easy to think, ah, you know what, this is not for me. Because this one thing that I've learned in life is sometimes we make mistakes and we're like, it's because we're not perfect. It's because we're not perfect. But Jesus comes here and says, you know, be perfect as your Father uh, in heaven is perfect. You know, this, what Jesus is talking about, the perfection he's talking about right now is a paradox, you know, in that it's something that's already complete, but it's still developing. 
It is complete in Jesus, but still developing in us. That is what Jesus is talking about. And this morning, we're going to talk about spiritual growth. Because I believe what Jesus was talking about in that time was actually spiritual growth, to be made complete. <coughs> and it says in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, says this, says, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority on earth. So we are made perfect. We are made complete in Jesus Christ. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own doing. Because he is perfect, we can also be made complete. And we have to grow spiritually to get to that. Because slowly, slowly, Jesus is doing a work in our lives, and we get to grow. It says in Isaiah 46, verse 8, it says, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hands, you know. We are a work in progress, but slowly Jesus is forming us into what we're meant to be. Slowly Jesus is helping us grow. Slowly Jesus is helping us to mature. But it's something that we, want, we must want in, our, in, in ourselves. We must desire that growth in our lives. Now we're going to look at that same scripture that I started off with in a different translation. So we're going to look back at Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. And it says, in a word, what I'm saying is grow up. You know, this is Jesus' words. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out of your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. And I looked the word up, that perfection that Jesus is talking about, you know, what it means. And it says, to be made whole, to be made complete, to uh, be fully mature, lacking nothing, all-inclusive, well-rounded, and spiritually mature. Now, Jesus wasn't just teaching about these things. He was teaching about these things because spiritual maturity is very important to us. It's very important on this journey that we are on, and God wants us to grow. And as we grow, as we get spiritually mature, God will entrust us with certain things that he's called us to do. God's not just going to come and get, you know, someone who's a baby and say, oh, there you go, you can do something that maybe Christians are doing at the moment. No, we have to, there has to be a level of maturity, and then God will entrust us to do some of the things that he's called us to do. We do think about growth most of the time. And you look at the world, they talk about growth. Could be maybe in your workplaces, people talk about growth. Oh, the company has to grow. We're going to get more people. We see it in churches as well where people talk about growth. But it's, it's not always that we find people talk about spiritual maturity. And sometimes we go to churches and people don't actually talk about spiritual maturity because we can be more focused on actually getting the numbers up and we neglect ourselves. We have to come to a place where we're actually thinking about spiritual maturity because God is, uh, God wants us to grow spiritually. God wants you and I to grow in the calling that he's called us to. But we have to grow. And it's very important that we're growing uh, spiritually. You know. Now, Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. He, got, he says, uh, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. 
Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. After we've been saved, let's not just, you know, just carry on just living like, ah, it's all right, I've been saved, you know, I'm just going to come to church and that's it, you know. We are to desire that, that spiritual growth. We are to come to God and actually, like he says, cry out for that nourishment, cry out to God, God, I want to grow spiritually. God, I want to mature in my faith. God, I want to get to where you want me to get. We have to get to that place where we're actually maturing. And the thing with uh, spiritual growth is it takes a lifetime. It's not just something that, all right, I've been saved today. Within a few years, I've grown spiritually, and I've got to a level, and that's it. Job done. Now, it's something that we're going to continue to go on and on and on and on in our lives. Sometimes we might think, you know what, I'm mature enough to do, uh, you know, whatever it is that God's called me to. But you know what? God wants us to go from strength to strength. God wants us to go from glory to glory. God wants us to, you know, do maybe it's a certain ministry that he's called us to. Once that's done, we pass on that button to someone else and then go on to do something else. God wants us to actually go out and disciple people. And if we're going to disciple people, guess what? In that process, we're being discipled as well, you know. We're growing from one place of glory to another place of glory. But that's what God calls us to. And that's why God is saying, you know what? You're too mature. And spiritual maturity will happen over a, a lifetime. And in that process, we're going to find, we're going to find like sometimes it's going to be painful. And other times it's going to be full of joy. But you know what? It's all good for us. And we have to trust in God. We have to trust in God's faithfulness, like we heard earlier on. You know, God is faithful that He's with us in that in that in that place of growth. And spiritual growth will not just come as we sit down and listen to His Word. It's actually getting stuff from God, listening to God, and putting those things in action. You know, the knowledge that we get, the word that we hear from God. Once we start to put those things into action leave them things day to day, we start to grow spiritually. It might be maybe I'll be struggling with anger or something like that. I have to learn to start to forgive people for me to start to grow in that area. Because otherwise, it would just be like people are telling me to forgive, and I'm, all right, I'm going to forgive, and then I put it, on the, I put it in, in my cupboard or something like that and forget about it. Next thing, anger comes up again, you know. But if people are going to encourage me, or the word of God is going to encourage me to say, you know what, you have to forgive, you have to love your enemies, you have to pray for your enemies. As I do that, as I get out there and pray for those that are actually going against me, as I forgive those that are going against me, guess what, I grow in that. At a point where people are there to go against me, instead of me looking at them with my eyes of anger, I look at them with the eyes of love. I look at them with the eyes of that forgiveness because Jesus Christ has forgiven me as well. And that's what happens when we, we start to grow uh, spiritually. You know? And James tells us not just to listen to the words, but to do, to be doers of the word. Because he says this you know, in James chapter, two, uh, chapter 1, verse uh, 22. He says, but do not just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and do not obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. How many of us forget what we look like? We don't forget what we look like. And it's the same with the word of God, you know. We must remember to kind of say, you know, I'm going through the fire today. You know, I'm going to go to God's word. I'll put that into action. 
Or maybe it's just like someone else is going through the fire. I'm going to grab God's word and I'm going to use it to encourage the next person. Because in that as well, we grow as we encourage other people, as we share God's word with, our, uh, with other people. You know? And there has, to be a des- there has to be a desire in there. There has to be a passion like, you know what, God, I don't want to stay where I am. Because the thing with God is he loves us that much to leave us where, where we are. He wants us to grow. You know, he doesn't want to see us the way we are. Imagine if God left us just where we were in our sin. No, he wants us to see us grow. So there has to be a desire from us as well. Like the psalmist write in uh, Psalm 42, you know, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O God. That's where we have to be, where, you know what, we're desiring to grow in God. You know. How badly do we want to grow today? How badly do we want to get closer to God? Because church is not just, our relationship with God is not just about coming to church, sitting in the chairs, and then we're back at home. It's not just about coming to church, we listen to whatever word's been said, and then we're going back to home. Our relationship with God is supposed to be exciting, you know. It's supposed to be fun. We're supposed to actually enjoy that relationship with God, where we come together, we do life together, we live together, we grow together, you know. It's, it has to come to a place where I know Jesus Christ is here with me, you know. Not just, because we get into this thing where when we're talking to God as if, God, I'm here, God's there. I'm praying to God, I'm here, God's there. We have to get to a place where we can actually say, you know, I know God's presence is here. I know Jesus Christ is here with me. We have to come to a place like that. But that comes through uh, as we grow in Christ. And we're going to go through stuff in life that, you know, will help us grow. Good or that things that we think are not so good. I remember there was a guy who came. Uh, he was a missionary. He came from Asia. And uh, he stayed with us for like three months. He was supposed to stay for like six months. And he came here thinking, I've come to the UK. I'm going to help homeless people. I'm going to help people in addiction and everything like that. Before that, he spent, I don't know how long, but he, was, he went to Waiwan, and they went to Hawaii, and he enjoyed it. So when he came here, he was just telling us about what he was doing and all of that. So he got paired with me to kind of just help him and everything like that. So I told him exactly what we were doing. And for the first two weeks, he was with me. After two weeks, I had to kind of just say, you got to spend time with the guys. You know, people are struggling and everything like that, and you got to encourage them. you got a lot that you can give. First day I sent him out with the guys, he came back. He was like, what are you doing? This is hard. I didn't come for this. I was like, you know what? It's something that's going to help them, but also help you at the same time. You know your word. You know what Jesus Christ is saying to you. Let the love of God come out of you into other people. You know, share that. You know, share your experiences, share that. He went out second day. He goes, you know what? I didn't come here to deal with angry people. I didn't come here to deal with people that are swearing and everything like that. So I says, what do you think Jesus did? Did he say that, that he won't come and deal with angry people? Because we're all angry sometimes, you know. We can get angry. But Jesus doesn't say that. But he was supposed to stay six months. He cut his time short because he was like, this is too hard. Went back where he came from, and they sent him on another trip afterwards. But we kept communicating, and he said something to me. He goes, you know, I'm sorry that I left early. Everything that you were telling me, because they sent him on another trip, 
he had to pretty much do the same thing again. You know, he was dealing with people that were angry. He was dealing with people that were swearing. He was going around, obviously, trying to help people that are not Christians. You know, and sometimes we can be like that, where we try to get away from that process that we're supposed to go through to actually grow spiritually. You know, if we're gonna get God-given dreams or God-sized dreams. It's not just about getting from point A to B. It's what happens in that process. If we are trying to skip that process, we're not going to grow spiritually. We're not going to mature because we're going to get to that end and all of a sudden everything crumbles because we have missed the process. It's the process that actually gets us to where God wants us spiritually. It's the process that builds our character. It's the process that actually helps us in the long run. The guy went on and he thought, you know what? He's left this country because the weather's not the best here. And the, where, they, where they took him, where he went next, where he got sent was Australia. Same ministry, but what he said was, it was worse there than it was here. Because you know? he was calling the people there saying they're spoiled. I'm not saying they're spoiled, but that's what he said. And uh, he was actually telling me that he should have listened to what we were saying because that would have helped him to go deal with what he was dealing with there. We can see that with the Israelites as well, how God actually, a, a journey that was short took long. But in that process, God was doing a work in their lives. You know, In the, the route that they took, yeah, God humbled them and everything like that. But in that process, God did a work in our lives. And it's the same with us. We've got God-sized dreams. Let us not forsake the process. Let us look at the process, embrace the process, good or not so good, but remember, God is with us in that process. He's right next to us in that process. And things in that process, things will go from good to better to best, because that's what God does. God will not just leave us in our mess. God will turn that mess into a a good, good, good message. But we have to embrace that, that time of, uh, uh, of challenge. We have to embrace whatever it is that God is taking us through. Because the challenge for all of us really is to get together and grow together. You know, not allowing the things that come, uh, come our way. Because in this world, there's a lot of things that want our time. There's a lot of things that want our energy. There's a lot of things that want our passion. But we have to get to a place where, you know what, I'll look at every opportunity as an opportunity to grow. I'll look at the opportunity and say, God, what is it that you want me to do in this, in, in this time? What is it that you want me to say to that person? How can I look at things different? As we embrace that opportunity, you know, our eyes are open to something different. Our eyes are open to what God wants us to do. But it's actually getting in that moment and actually embracing that moment. And God works in our lives. You know, last year, I saw, personally, in this church, saw a lot of growth in the sense, like, different ministries. And one of the ministries is Alpha, because I got involved in that, both of them. Now, in Alpha, we saw people that got saved, and it did not end, that's it, I've got saved, and that's it. Oh, I'm coming to church, and that's it. People got saved, People came back to help in Alpha, but it did not end there. We see people now helping out in different ministries in the church. Why? It's because they're growing, you know. 
it does not just start with them and end with them. It's actually people receiving God, what God has got for them. And actually God's saying, you know what, you're going to do this next. And they grabbed the opportunity and they did that. You know? And that as well has come through the prayers that have come through the church as well. So as much as other people are growing, we see other people growing in their prayers as well. Because there's a lot of people that pray for different ministries and all of that. But in that, we're coming together as a church, living together as believers. Other people are growing amongst us, and at the same time, they're serving everyone in church. You know? So it's, it's, I, as I was thinking about it, it looks like it's just a beautiful tree. It starts small, but you know, the roots are there, uh, healthy. That's the people that are praying. But as the tree grows, you see all these beautiful flowers coming out, all these green branches coming out and all of that. That's what I, was, I had in my, in my mind. It's because it's different people in the church praying for the ministries. The ministries are growing, and then you see people serving others as well. And that's what I saw uh, uh, last, last, last year. And even just as this year is coming through, just to see the kids actually, what they did over Christmas here, that was another area where you could actually see growth. And also to see the kids actually praying for us, the adults in here, that's another area where we're seeing growth, you know. So we're seeing all of that where people are actually maturing, you know. The kids, before you know it, they'll be the ones preaching here. Why? Because people are praying and all of that. But it's something that God wants us to do, you know. It's not just for the few in the church. There's different ministries that, you know, God, we can actually serve. There's different ministries where God can actually use us. But we have to embrace that process, you know. I shared a little bit last time, not here, how when I started, the first thing that Christian said to me, because I said, I'll make coffees if I have to make coffees, you know. I just want to do it. He goes, maybe you should... Uh, you should, do, you should be on the welcome team that, so that you can get to know people. I did not know that I'll be doing this year. You know, I did not know that I was doing this. But one thing I did is embrace that moment. If Christians say to me that you can start by the door, you know what, I'll go and do it. You know? And just carry on and do that and do that and do that. You never know where God wants to take you. You know? But we have to kind of get to that, where we're embracing the moment. Sorry, I'm going on and on. <laughs> so what are the benefits of spiritual growth? And we're going to finish at benefits of spiritual growth in time. So the first thing is spiritual growth helps our relationship with God. Because the main thing is our relationship with God and our relationship with others. But spiritual growth is what helps us. You know, it's easy to know God as our savior. It's easy to know God as our healer, because we see that happen pretty much all the time. God's healed me. He's my healer. God saved me. I'm sure a lot of us are saved in here, so we can say that, you know, God's a savior. But to get to know God as a best friend, it takes growth. It takes growth to get to know God as a friend. And like I said earlier on, we can see God as that, you know, that being that's out there and we are here. But to actually know God that he's here with me, it takes growth. And that's why sometimes we're praying like that instead of actually praying as if God is here, as if what God has done is done in this place. You know? It takes growth for us to actually to get to that point and see that God is that friend. God is that friend that's closer than a brother. You know? Spiritual growth prepares us for service. 
like I was talking about service earlier on. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 20 to 22, it says, In a wealthy house, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourselves pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. You know. God, as we grow, as we get spiritually mature, God prepares us for that service. God prepares to use us. Because if you look at Jesus' life, for instance, he spent his ministry time serving people. You know, he did not come to be served, he came to serve. And that's an example that we can look at. God is saying that, you know, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Grow up, you know. Come to me, trust me, mature, and then you'll be ready for the service. You'll be ready for that ministry that I'm going to entrust you with. You know? And that's what Jesus is saying, you know. Spiritual growth transforms our lives. A lot of us like the idea of transformation, you know, because sometimes we might not like the way things are. We want things to change. You know, Philippians 3, uh, verse 21, it says, He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which will bring everything under his control. You know, God changes us from the inside out, you know, as we grow, as we grow to get to know God, as we grow through the word of God, as we grow through prayer, God changes us from the inside out. And for some of us, it's not just us like changing in that. Even circumstances in our lives will change, you know. Our health will change as we come to God, to know God, as we trust in God. Our careers will change as we do all of that. Our character will change as we trust in God, as we grow, as we grow spiritually as well. You know, God changes us, and things just go from glory to glory. You know, and spiritual growth fortifies us from against sin. And that's John chapter, First John, chapter three, verse nine. It says, "Those who have been born into Christ, those who have been born into God's family, do not take practice of sinning." Because God's life is in them, so they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. You know, sin is our biggest enemy. And as we grow into Christ, as we get spiritually mature, it becomes a lot better to weather the storms. Because if you think about a, a, a child, for instance, they'll just go wherever the wind's blowing, and that's it. But as we grow with Christ, there's that wisdom that we get. There's certain things will be like, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I'll actually choose to do the next thing. I'm not going to go there because it's not good for me. I'm going to go the other direction. We develop that. We can also develop that discipline as well because it's through that discipline, whether it's doing our quiet times, getting into the Word of God, you know, meditating on the Word of God, listening to wise counsel, all of that, you know, that will help us to grow slowly, slowly. We grow into Christ-likeness, you know. But God desires for us to grow spiritually. God wants us to grow, uh, to be spiritually mature, you know. And that's how we'll be able to do the things that Jesus Christ was talking about. Whether he's talking about, you know, we're the salt, we're the salt and the light of this world. 
you know, we are to grow spiritually and eventually we'll be able to actually go into places instead of, a, instead of people affecting our lives to be worse, we can go into places and affect people's lives for the better. You know? And that's what happens when we actually start to grow spiritually. When Jesus is talking about, you know, love and pray for your enemies, the only one of the ways we can get to that place is actually growing spiritually, maturing. Because as we mature, we're able to do that. Because God gives us a different perspective on how we look at things as well. So we have to get to that place where we're actually maturing spiritually. 